Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's ham talk live episode number 217 field day q a 2020 recorded live on thursday june 18th 2020 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live tonight we're joined by Paul Bork in one SFE, and we'll be talking about field day, and he's going to take your field day questions, and we'll give you a chance to call in in just a few minutes. Last week, it was Sterling in 0 SSC and Jocelyn KD8VRX here to talk about the summer youth on the air events. If you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast or over on YouTube. And don't forget, you can catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live each week, Saturday afternoons, about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on WTWW, 5085 AM. So tonight, uh, we want to get your field day questions in, and we are a week earlier than normal. Uh, We usually do the last-minute ones, but uh, there's a lot of questions this year just because... There are some rule changes, and we're going to start off with that, and um, then we'll get into some other things and your calls and questions. So let me tell you how you can do that. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can call us. The phone number is 859-982-7373. Again, it's 859 859- Nine eight two seventy three seventy three. You can call in when we get to that part of the show. Uh, we won't uh, take calls just yet, but uh, when I let you know, that's the number to call. It's eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three. You can tweet us. Uh, we'll be watching Twitter throughout the night. Our uh, handle on Twitter is at 
Ham Talk Live. So you can tweet us whenever you want, and uh, it'll it'll sit there until we're ready for you. So uh, you can do it that way. And if you're on Spreaker, of course, you can type into the comments and, and do it that way. So I'll be back with Paul right after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilogram or just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz and a large 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply. It has sideband, CW, AM, FM, and full D-Star functions, a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, micro SD card slot, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, and the speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. The perfect accessory for your IC705 is the optional backpack, LC192, with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. sure to visit ICOM at icomamerica.com slash amateur. They help bring Ham Talk Live your way each and every week on Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern Time at hamtalklive.com. Tonight, my guest is ARRL Contest Program Manager Paul Bork, N1SFE. Paul has just completed his first full year in that role. He's been licensed since 1994, and like me, he uh, listened for distant AM stations quite a bit, and later developed a career involving various aspects of broadcasting, and uh, he started at a broadcast station at the University of Hartford, where the station's general manager, John Ramsey, W1JNR, pushed him to get his license. He grew up in Newington and wanted the opportunity to give back to this hobby, and uh, he likes to find ways to get newer hams into contests and dispel the idea you need tons and tons and tons of equipment to participate. So, Paul, welcome back to the show from, uh, from, from that location for the last time. Yeah, hi. Th- thanks for thanks for having me, Neil. Yeah, it's very exciting. I, d- I just bought a house, so I'm in the process of moving. So, of course, um, you know, moving over field day weekend—that's the best time to move, right? Especially if you're you're like assigned taking care of field day. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's um, <laughs> the timing couldn't be any better. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well. Uh, it's it's been a an absolute crazy year. Uh, 
life has been turned upside down on on so many different levels and even in april you know when, when people said oh well what's gonna happen with field day what are we gonna do with with field day are we still gonna do it and and, and wasn't long and then all of a sudden it's like oh we're still having field day it just may look a little different and then some rule changes happened and that seems to be a lot of the questions i'm getting and talking with you before the show it seems to be a lot of the questions you're getting so let's start off right off the bat with these new changes that are just for this year because of the pandemic sure well well, i just i just want to say early on uh we weren't quite sure where this was going because when you i we first started getting the stuff ready for field day that was back in february and early on we weren't quite sure what was going to happen with everything and and you know, stuff had to get published in QSC. Of course, we had publication deadline, which which are set out quite quite far. Um, so we weren't quite sure exactly how the thing was how, how everything was going to pan out. So early on, we went with the adapt and uh, that that whole that whole messaging uh, very early on. But uh, back in late May, the Programs and Services Committee had uh, agreed to uh, to make a couple rule changes, which you just referenced, and. Uh, so one of those was uh, well, the, the big one was um, since we're encouraging participants to uh, participate from home if they can't get together due to social, social distancing, um, they would be operating from home as either a Class D Delta or Class E Echo stations. And Class D normally cannot count contacts for field day with other Class D stations. In other words, that would be two home stations working on commercial power it'd be like your normal ham shack at home it'd be like just a normal home-to-home contact normally those those don't count for field day point credit this year and this year only we are uh, allowing those contacts to count for uh, field day points so there's going to be a lot more class d operations we we would expect well, yeah. uh, because a lot of people are going to be operating from home and they're going to be running class D. And so normally you could only work other classes. You couldn't work the class D because it, we didn't want a home to home thing. But but this right, year right. is different. So we're, we're trying to really kind of differentiate, you know, feel, feel that, of course, is not a contest, but we're trying to differentiate it from an, uh, just a, a, a normal event where uh, – People just get off from their homes and work each other, and, and you know, really, field day is, is a is a is a slightly different animal than uh, you know than, than most amateur radio contests. Seeing as as it is a not a contest, there are points. I think you know the points really. I mean, one of the questions I get a lot, Neil, is well, if it's not a contest, why are there points? Well, it encourages participation, and and also some groups, you know, some groups have little friendly competitions with their neighboring clubs or, you know, clubs across the country even. Uh, you know, so, some of them do, do make it into a competition. They have a little, like, a friendly competition, or even it could be something to gauge your performance from year to year. So that's really the only, you know, they're, 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 you know that's really the only reason why there are points. Now, there was a common saying around the teaching field whenever, you know, the, the pandemic was going on that it was kind of like, whose line is it anyway? You know, it's... Uh, it, it, the points are made up and they don't matter. Yeah, the points. So. 
So so yeah, so, so anyway, so you know, so class D so class D to class D contacts can count for, for credit. And you're right, there will will probably be a lot more just all around entries to field aid this year because last year we had about thirty one hundred uh distinct field aid entries that were that were submitted. And with all the class D to class D, we were expecting that number to be a, a, a bit higher, you know, because a lot of the participants that would have gotten together in a, you know, a class A or a class F, you know, a, a big group, will all be getting together separately. Uh, well, not getting together, but they'll be separate. But they'll they'll be able to participate individually from their own homes. So that's going to drive the numbers up. I I would expect so. And so to to kind of simplify this. Let me make sure I'm I'm correct here in saying this. So if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong. But, but there are no restrictions on who you work during field day this year, no matter what right. class you are. Right. Exactly. That that is 100 percent correct. All right. Well, then there's the the club thing. So why don't you go ahead and and address the the club situation? Okay. So so what we're what we're they decide to do is instead of, uh, you know, nobody can get, you know, people can't get together as a big club. What we're allowing is individual participants. Like if you or I participated using our own call signs from our homes, we can declare a club name in the entry form. This is on the online entry form. And our score would be attributed to what they call an aggregate club score. It's not going to go, you know, it's not going to go towards a, uh, field day entry under the club call sign. It's going to go. There will be a list of club names, and if anyone's uh, familiar with the way we do club scoring for contests, basically what happens is individual participant scores. All the participants will get counted towards the club score, and it will just add up a club score. So we're doing something very similar to that. So what you will see is you will see like like say Neil, you and I were both participating in the same as the same club from our homes you'd see a listing for my call sign under whatever class i operated like say i operated mobile so i was a class c and you operated as a class uh, d because you were home your score would show up under your call sign as class d with the club name that you that you entered into the field day form my score would show up under the class c scores because i was class c mobile with the club name and then there will be a listing under the club, with the scores of mine and yours, and if the club did a uh, one under the club call sign from a you know did a class A or a, or a class F or even a class B if it was a small group, th- those scores would all be tallied together and show up under a different section with the club total all together. So, so it's kind of like there's two different scorings. There's the club scoring, and then there's the station scoring right so you see the station scoring right so so in other words if your club got together and, and this is one of the questions i'm getting a lot uh it'd be a question would be similar like well my club is doing a class a this year and i, I just you know they're using the club call sign i don't feel i, I don't feel that um i, I really want to want to want to head out and, and, and get together socially like that so i'm going to participate from home what do I do and how does the score count? Because this is several subparts of this. One is, do I use the club call sign? And the answer is no. The club, the club call sign can only be used in one location, and that 
any of those transmitters needs to be within that 1,000 foot diameter circle. Of the, that is the that is the uh, the, the rule under class. So it's, it's it's listed under class A, but it's it's true for every class with the exception of class C mobile. Um, so you you'll use your own your own station call sign from your own individual location, and then when you submit the field day entry separately, you're going to submit your own field day entry, and you will put the name of the club in the club name field on the on the entry form, which normally we don't even publish club names for class uh, D and E stations. But, you know, not only are we going to publish them, then there will be another list that will combine not only your club's class A score, but also your class D score or any other individuals that chose to attribute their score to the club. And Does this- that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely, it makes makes perfect sense to me, and and I had actually talked to you before because we planned something for youth on the air, and I wanted to confirm it with you before we we started letting everybody know about it. And that was you you can put any club in there you want. It's not a, a set list, so contesters may be familiar with this like set list of contest clubs. And, right. and those are fine, but you can type anything in there. So, uh, trying to spell it the same and, and, you know, capitalize the same and that kind of thing would be really right. helpful. So, yes. Yeah, so, so really what needs to, what needs to happen is we we're really trying to discourage, uh, clubs from using a straight acronym, like, uh, uh organization might be called M-A-R-S and there could be a million of them depending on where they're from. You know, I would really recommend spelling out the name of the club, common abbreviations and acronyms like Amateur Radio Society and put, putting in, uh, you know, uh, well, M-A-R-S is Middlesex in Connecticut. But if you were to put in Middlesex A-R-S, I would understand what that means because A-R-S is Amateur Radio Society. But you, you need to stay away from common acronyms that could be used by other groups all throughout the country. It'd be very hard to determine which club they're actually meeting. So what we're working on is on the field day form, when you start typing, it's going to pre-populate suggestions of club names that will seem to fit. Now, again, as you mentioned, you could put any buddies, you could put any name in there, like a class B Bravo entry is a one or two person club. If you and I were doing it, we can put Paul and Neil's field day. And that would be, perfectly acceptable and you'll see that if you ever looked in the class b scores you'll see you know things like that that aren't even a club name so you don't have to be an arrl affiliated club you don't need to be um registered as a contest club i get a lot i get a lot of questions about that too because in con in the contests you have to register as a contest club and there's your set rules about who can participate where you need to be located None of that's applying for field day. We're really kind of keeping this as, as simplified as possible, uh, this, you know, just to help individuals who don't want to or can't participate in the group because of COVID nineteen that they can still at least make their their efforts count towards the 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 club as a whole. And if you can standardize your club's official name. That would make Paul's life much easier, right? So I would, I would, I would probably recommend if you are a ARL club or if you if you are any, any even any club, 
I would recommend using your your official club name. Um, that would probably make um, the compilation of the results a lot. And not, not that I just want to make my life easier, but what's going to happen is I'm going to have thousands of entries, and this is not an automated process at all. This is something that I will get a spreadsheet of results, and I'll have to figure out what club everybody meant to attribute their scores to. So it's going to be an interesting task when it comes time to compiling the results for the uh, December QST. Now, I'll, I'll give an example, and and that gives me another way to sneak in another plug for Youth on the Air. Uh, but Youth on the Air, we're, we're going to do a, a, a compilation club score. So we're trying to get everybody that's 25 or under in age, we're, we're trying to get everybody if you don't have a, a club that you want to go ahead and assign yours to, to, to put in youth on the air, uh, and not Yoda, but youth on the air. Uh, so, you know, anybody 25 or under that you you don't have another club to put it under, put it under youth on the air. And we'd like to kind of see how the young people can, can compile a score. And again, it, you're still going to get your individual score, but uh, we'd kind of like to see how that would would go. So we'll, so I'll put in the plug for the youth on the air thing. But that's for ages twenty five and below. So now that we've we've addressed the big things that you're getting a ton of questions about, uh, let let's talk just a little bit about planning because there are some groups that are still going to go. Um, and they're still going to social distance, but they're still going to have a club activity. So let's talk a little bit about some of these changes that were recommended to to maintain um, social distancing, whether that be operate from home or whether that be, you know, come up with a way to separate everybody. Sure. Well, I mean, really what the, uh, what the ARL stance is really – First and foremost, pay attention to the guidance from your local and regional and state health health authorities. You know, we don't know what the situation's like from you know from New Hampshire to California could be totally different. So, the first and foremost is really pay attention to that guidance. Decide whether you a can gather in a, in a large group, and if you can gather in some sort of group, either you need to you know, limit the amount of people that can be there. Or keep keep the different field day stations so far apart and using sanitization protocols. I mean, there's just so many different things that can come into play here. So there's really no one size fits all. First of all, there's, you know, there's so many different situations throughout the whole country, which is which is really kind of hard to set one set rule or, or for, for for everyone, given as the country is so spread out. Okay, uh, some good ideas there, and then. Uh, aside from all of this, aside from from all of the, the you know the club entries and, and all that kind of stuff that we're doing this year, in, in past field day submissions, what are the most common mistakes that you notice on those entry forms that people should watch out for? So one of the things I notice if you, if you're claiming bonus points, there are certain bonus points that require. A supporting documentation to either be uploaded in the field day entry, uh, or or you can send it in as, as independent documentation. I have some people that will email say, "Hey, this is for this club's 
or you know, th this entry's uh, bonus point documentation. So when you're uploading the documentation, one of the things we notice is if the file is very large, or if you have several very large files, you may have to split them up and do do them as more than one upload. When you upload an entry, you're always you're allowed to go back and and either make changes or add more documentation. Either you don't have everything at one time, or if they're I, we, we set a file limit of six megabytes last year, and sometimes what was going on last year, and and we were working on this because it was a uh, there was a little computer glitch where it wouldn't give you a confirmation page when you uploaded. If it was too big, it would go right back to the entry form and it would be blank. So one thing you want to make sure, especially when you have large files, is to make sure that you get a confirmation page and a confirmation email. A properly submitted field day entry through the web app, which is at uh, field-day.arrl.org. If you click on the top of the uh, of the page where it says entry form, it will bring you to the, to the, to the entry form. It will give you, uh, you'll, you'll be able to submit your email address, and it will give you a confirmation email, but also the computer screen will display a page that has a confirmation number and, uh, and and a confirmation that that was submitted. So it's, it's important to make sure that you receive your confirmation number. If you don't, either either give us a call at the at the co contest uh, program uh, manager's office, which is me, or send an email, and uh, we'll we'll help you st step you through it. So I, I I really think that the two things were the uh, missing bonus point documentation, which means you would not get that bonus point. In other words, if you claim bonus points for, say, media publicity, and you did not upload supporting documents for it, you would not get that that bonus point. And it will tell you that when you submit it, it will, it will tell you that you are missing certain ones. All right, very good. Well, we're going to take a break because we want to get to some questions, and we do have a couple of questions that have rolled in already. So uh, we want to give everybody a chance to ask those, so uh, we can we can talk more if if uh, if not. But I know we've got some coming in, so we're going to take a break and do that, and we'll be back to do that right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Jerry, what's up, man? I haven't seen you at Sunbucks in a while. I used to see you every morning getting coffee. What's up? Well, I can't afford Sunbucks five days a week anymore. I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a ham fest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables too. 
Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. CQ Field Day. CQ Field Day. This is Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your calls now. So if you have a question for Paul, give us a call at 859-982-7373, or you can tweet at Ham Talk Live, and if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast edition, you won't be able to reach us live since uh, the show's on Thursday, and we have a call. Let me see if we can take the call here. Good evening. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hey, my name is Jerry, KI4IO, here in Faraway Warrington, Virginia. I was just going to go set up in my yard in the tent, throw up the new antenna, and operate Class B. But according to the questions I've seen, I can't do that this year. Is that true? Well, so what class, uh, you're, you're, you're saying Class B. Uh, uh, was, yeah, was yeah, battery. Uh, I was going to operate just battery and then throw up and then not use my, not use my uh, home antenna. Sure. So, so normally a Class B, and this is this is actually for for um, for every year, not just for this year. But normally Class B is really kind of portable, where you actually move away from your normal QTH. Now, I don't, I don't know what your setup is, but I, I'm thinking that if you know you were to go set up an attack out in a, out away from the house, and you're really making an effort to really be like a portable, you know, think think of a portable operation as if you were backpacking somewhere or something like that. So, you know, again, normally we're trying to encourage Class B to be groups that are not using their normal stations, not using any of their normal station antennas, and running completely off the grid and on portable power sources. So, yeah, so really, my, I'd, I'd be I'd be out in my front yard and, and not that far from the house, and I and most of the state parks around here probably don't even have the toilets opened up yet. So, so that's why I'm opting for something like this. If you are operating on a fully fully portable power source that's not on the commercial power grid, you you would probably be be more like a class E Echo. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so really, the intent of that rule is to is to really encourage you know people from operating operating in like if you were to go to a park down the street or something or or a, a farmer's field or you know you, yeah. you got somebody at a big piece of property that says hey you can set up over here certainly go yeah. ahead and then get class B so that is not, that is not just a for this year thing that is normally the that is normally the intent of a class B is to really really make an effort to be a portable station away from your 
from your home station and home yeah. facilities. Yeah, in the last couple of years, we've been, you know, 50 miles from home, so out in the Shenandoah National Park, but uh, can't do it this year. Okay, thank you very much for your response. All right, you're welcome, Jerry. Uh, thanks. All right. All right, bye. Thanks for calling, Jerry. 859-982-7373 is the number, and we do have some that have come in on Twitter here. Uh, Brett, WY7BG, says, I'm thinking of putting one of my rigs on Zoom, perhaps with a temporary field day antenna, and allowing members of my local club to join the Zoom meeting and remote control the rig, which, by the way, will be set up for FT4 and FT8. What class would that setup be? Well, there's there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yes, there's one a is, lot going on there. One is FT4 and FT8 are allowed modes. Any digital mode is allowed as long as it supports the field day exchange. The real question about what class it would be is: is he at home? Is he running on commercial power? Is he you know? Is think about all the, all the stations. He said one of his rigs. So if he has one of his rigs, at, like his main rig at home, running on his, it's his regular station rig, he's on commercial power. That would be that would be a class um, a class D home station. So the field the um, the Zoom control remote controlled rig would not be considered a a different class. So I'm 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 not sure whether he's doing that as a, as a as a club. Is he using the club call sign? There's there's a, there's a lot of variables there. Uh, um, it's it's really there's really um, I would really recommend sending in an email uh, to uh, to us and or or give give us a call and discuss that those particulars because there's there's a lot going on there that you know you know what class it it, it, it depends on a lot of variables. How, how many total participants are there? Is another one too. So if he had more if he had more than um, three people participating, even though it was set up at his home, that would be back in as a class A again. So there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of different variables. So really, I would recommend kind of contacting us with your specifics, and we can we can help you out there. Okay, yeah, remote. You know, it's come up, and like for youth on the air, we're we're going to have a remote station, so kids, you know, that are. Um, and, and there is, they don't there is have, a, have a rig at home. They can get on and do that, but it's gonna it's gonna be in the same location, you know, every time that way. Nothing in the field day rules that prohibits you, you know, somebody from act is from getting in and remotely accessing a, a field day transmitter. So uh, you know, a, a lot of clubs are even doing that in their class A. Say, hey, we have this one transmitter set up, where we're gonna allow people to remotely access. We just have to, you know, there's. There's certain FCC rules that you got to make sure as to which you know which part of the bands you're transmitting on. Whether there's a control operator that has the correct you know, correct privileges and all that stuff too. So there, there's there's those concerns as well with the remote operation. Sure. So so where where was the line then between making that a D or an A on commercial? Well, it really is the class. The class A is a club or non-club group of three or more persons. So it depends okay, on how many so total three. there are. Um, so if it was just again, how many participants are there? So you know you have to look at the see, and that, that is participants are people that help set up people who are in not only not only licensed cams but non-licensed cams or not even or non-licensed people. 
Um, it could be anyone. Uh, a participant is anyone who comes to your field and helps set up an antenna, you know, you know, does anything. They're considered a participant. They don't have to be a licensed ham. So, again, it all depends on how your specific setup is uh, as to which class it is. So just the remote operation itself wouldn't really drive what class it is. Okay, very good. All right, well, we've got another call on the line, so let's see who we have here, even though I know who it is. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hi, Neil. Hi, Paul. This is Jocelyn, KD8VRX. Uh, and uh, I have questions like everybody else. Uh, first, sure. I think Neil said it already, but Paul, uh, we, nobody, I think, envies your position uh, because of the whole situation. Normally, I think it's easy. We all show up at the club and, hey, we're a three alpha, and that's what I am. Since we're sure. a lot of us are operating from home, we have lots of questions, as you uh, can understand. I have the same question that Jerry from, from Virginia had. I thought I could be a B operate from my backyard because I looked at a E station as operating on battery power from my shack in the basement, not being outside. So I, I think maybe uh, I, I know it's clear for you, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't for Jerry. So, uh, you know, I, I will say maybe clarify that in in future, <laughs> in the future, uh, say, that, you know, portable is this many feet or miles away from home or something similar. I, I really think it's really about really whether you made a significant effort to really, you know, really to really n- not just sit, set up on the deck five steps from your kitchen uh, uh, sliding door <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and you're sitting on the deck there and you're right, right, right outside the door. To me, that that is not really in the, what the intent of a class B is. I mean, if you if you have a yard that's deep and you're out and you you Bushwhacked your way out to the back forty, and, and you know you set up some antennas. You know, think about really what is. Think about what the intent of the rule is, and really, did you yeah. satisfy? That? I mean, if you if you were just doing it to say, well, I'm doing this just so I can be class B, and you set up portable. You know, yes, they're portable antennas, but you're right outside your kitchen door. Is is that really is that really portable? I mean, yeah, it's portable because it's not hooked up to anything, but. But and and, and that yeah and that's that's what I mean like the the rule is and again normally in the past we've not had this we've not had really to worry about it because like I said we normally go with a club or something and you know we 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 do the same thing similar every year so uh, we kind of know but this year like I said everything's been flipped on its head so everybody's got questions so yeah, like I said I did not envy and usually what um, we see. I, I'm sorry. Usually, what we see for Class B entries is you'll see like I, last year there was a couple of guys that went and uh, went up to a hilltop up in California, and the two of them backpacked in and, and set up batteries yeah, and solar up up the hill and camped out there on top of the hill and ran all weekend as a Class B. I mean, that's normally what we see as a Class B. Um, all you know, right, things like well, and that, that and you know somebody you know, just a couple of guys setting up in a small park down the street. In, in their town or something, you know, that, that's not a, not a normal station location is really kind of the key words there. And I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 you know, I appreciate the clarification and I'm sure all the other, other people listening, you know, other operators listening on the show uh, also appreciate it. Um, I had a question regarding points. So let's say I'm going to be a home station uh, running on emergency power. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, running 150 watt. Is my point multiplier two, 
or because as soon as you throw in battery, it seems like it, it throws you. It wants to throw you into different categories. Right. So, so, so if you're looking, if you're looking at class, so if you're looking at class B, just uh, I'm sorry, uh, class D. I'm sorry, I I I uh, stand corrected. <laughs> so yeah, there is the power multiplier thing. So that, so that is that is. Um, and I'm scrolling to the next section of the rules right now. I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. The right um, uh, power multiplier. Where are you? <laughs> there's there's two people. <laughs> um, power multiplier. There we go. Okay. So so the power multiplier is determined by the high, highest output power output of any of the transmitters emitters used during field day. Right. If okay. all contact need using five watts or less okay you said you're gonna be 150 watts i'll be running 100 watts or qrp but obviously i have to go with a higher one so we'll go with 100 watts right so, so if, if you were if you were running five watts or higher and you were under 150 watts your power multiplier would be two Okay, and that's what I that's what I read. But I since we uh, I had a chance to get in touch with you, I thought I'd take the uh, the moment to to clarify that. Right, right. So that would that would be a power multiplier too, because you are um, basically it's between five and you know, between QRP and one hundred fifty watts would be two. And then perfect, if you were great, perfect. Then one hundred fifty. Like if you you were running uh, an amp or something, your power multiplier is one. So. So what happens is the power multipliers go up if you use as you use uh, lower power, and then if you're using five watts or less, but the source is from commercial main or a motor-driven generator. In other words, either either an alternator from a car is actually considered a motor-driven generator because that's driven up the motor, or, or a gasoline power generator. You're still would be a um, a power multiplier of two. When it jumps up to five is you're using a power source other than commercially supplied power or a motor-driven generator. In other words, batteries, solar cells. Solar. Uh, you know, okay. A squirrel, a squirrel on, a, on a little wheel. Hamster <laughs> cage. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a couple of squirrels. <laughs> We've actually seen some people doing it on a, on a bicycle power generator. Uh, I, I I do remember seeing that uh, at Hamvention. I think somebody had like the army style where you you don't do it with your feet, but you do it with your hands. And yeah, uh, right. just thinking, you know, you, you got to be committed at that point. Um, but <laughs> I wanted to uh, make one one uh, one more comment, and and this is uh, and Neil's aware of this because uh, I, I passed it by him earlier. But our club, and I encourage other clubs to be doing the same thing. Um, because there's going to be so many stations running from home, we're having a Zoom session with our club to show people how to set up their logging software ahead of time. And, sure. uh, you know, if there's any question and things, so that that part at least, you know, most people know how to set up their radios portable. That's, you know, they know how yeah. to do that. We're trying to, to backfill where the computer uh, logging will be done. So we're going to have a quick session on doing that. And then we'll have another session after field day to show them how to use your, um, your website to post their entries and how to do it effectively. And as sure. far as the, uh, as far as the, uh, the club call sign or club name, uh, we have the same thing. We were, you know, what do we put in the acronym, the full thing? And I think what we've decided, we're just going to put the club call sign because uh, that's probably a unique and very easy thing for everybody to know. So I didn't sure. know if that uh, if that was okay or not. 
I, I would, you know, a club call sign is an, an easy thing to identify, but what's going to happen is in the results, it'll just show the club call sign. So if you want to have your club name, because if you want to have your club name in the in the in the in the results, um, I would suggest using the just the official club name. And what we're going to do on the field day entry form is I, I mentioned this earlier. We're we're going to have like an, an autocomplete thing um, set up. So when you start typing in the name of a club, it's going to give you a list of suggestions because again, you can put okay. in any name. Um, so. We're, we're really trying to, I mean, I mean, call signs for some, for some groups, probably they're going to, they're going to do that, but I would probably recommend putting in the, the name of the club because that, that way then it will appear as the name of your club in the results. But the All right, one, sounds good. the one thing is to be, to be consistent. So if, if you, uh, what, what's the name of your club? Uh, Westchester Amateur Radio Association. All right, so, so you know, if you were to put Westchester ARA and everybody did that, I would probably know who you were, unless there was more than one Westchester. That is where. The, but if that's the official name of the club, and that is, there's only one Westchester Amateur Radio Association, using a common acronym like ARA on the end or ARS for Amateur Radio Society uh, or ARC for Amateur Radio Club, I, you know, those those are pretty common, and a lot of times in All the right. field they article in, in qst we abbreviate those back down to them for space limitations as well so yeah and we may just even tag in the the like i said the call sign at the end put the name in the call sign just to make it absolutely unique anyways thank you very much paul for answering all those questions i'm sure there's other people that have tons of questions i want to get on so i will let you guys go and thank you very much for being on the show and neil thank you for having the show because it's a hot topic this year, so I'll say 73 for now. All right, thanks, 73. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Jocelyn, for okay. calling. Talk to you soon. Right. Bye. Yeah, yeah, it is a uh, it is a hot topic this year. Sometimes we're sitting around going, hmm, are there going to be any questions? Uh, yeah, not this year. So <laughs> let's see what else we have here. 859 982-7373 is the phone number if you'd like to call in. Uh, let's see. You haven't got to the Spreaker comments yet. So uh, Troy W9KVR wants to know any significant changes in acceptable modes or bands that we need to know. Uh, modes or bands, um, pretty much uh, no changes. Uh, you know, it's, still, it's still the amateur bands. Um, excluding the wark the wark bands, and so basically bands are 160, 80, 40, 20, 15, and 10 on HF, as well as all bands six meters and up. So anything 50 megahertz and above, uh, it, all bands are are um, acceptable there. So it's the HF bands that I mentioned. Uh, um, you know, again, 160, 80, 40, 20, 15, and 10, and then as far as modes. Any amateur radio mode that's authorized and legal is accepted as long as it supports the field day exchange. And the, the only other the only other rule that was changed, and this is actually a rule change, not just a temporary waiver, is that the limit of the go to stations uh, contacts. You used to be limited for a go to station, which is a get on the air station that a class A can um, can operate. I believe class A and F actually. Um, Anyway, anyone who can, and in the rules, anyone who can use a get on the air station, you were limited to 500 QSOs for the go to station. Now it's limited to 1,000 QSOs. 
that really is the only um, the only significant rule change aside from the the, the temporary 2020 waivers. All right, uh, Chris A4CB says the only major change we're going to have this year is pulled pork and chicken, no dominoes this year. So there we go. Okay. No dominoes. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Troy says um, they're having Iroquois County Pork Producers Association pork burgers on the grill. So there we go. I mean, sounds like sounds like the food's still going to be good for field day. Uh, Lisa says um, she's going to be um, running the GOTA station this year. So that's a great thing. So thank you. Lisa for doing that. That's that's something that I've been doing for many field days in a row now, and I, know I want to operate, but <laughs> I guess this year's my chance to operate now. Uh, let's see. Um, Skeeter Nash in 5ASH says, at our last meeting, some of our members proposed smoking the Boston butts before bringing them to field day. Others wanted to wait and smoke them on Friday night into Saturday morning has been done in the past. What would you suggest? Well, as long as this, you got, you got to go low and slow. I recommend low and slow smoking something. It's always low and slow. And, and what kind of wood are you using? That's really the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, KD9HQT asks, can you operate under class D and E under the same call? Like if you want to operate some bands on commercial and others on emergency? Uh, well, basically, the answer is no. <laughs> so you're going to, yeah. so if you're on commercial power, that is going to override if you were working anything on on the, the, the non-commercial power. So in other words, it's almost like the higher power source will win so if there's any contact was made on commercial power that would that would automatically push your entry into, into class d instead of e okay very good well i think we're it's almost like it's almost like, kind of like here. it's almost like kind of like with the power the, the power multiplier if you made a whole bunch of contacts on five watts but made two on 150 you, you're, yeah. you're just all, all the five watt ones basically are, you know, everything is going to be 150 because it's it's the maximum of what you of what you did throughout the whole field day period. Very good. Eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three is the phone number, and we're going to make that the last call for uh, questions here tonight. Eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three or uh tweet us at ham talk live but uh we'll we'll take one more look here in just a minute so besides moving what are your field day planes this year uh <laughs> uh well let, let me put it to you this way I, I took my last antenna down at my old at my old qth yesterday so that that, that is that was a um that was a uh a four band fan dipole which is now out in my garage. Hopefully, it won't be tangled up when I undo this. I tried my best not to tangle this thing up, but you know how that goes. Um, so I, I also have a uh, just a couple of, of model band dipoles. I may set up at the new QTH with my uh, with my little one of my little portable uh, radios and just throw throw a, a dipole up and see if I can make some contacts. It all, all depends on. It all depends on how much painting I get done. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, now there's something you probably never heard of for field day before. It all depends on how much painting I get done. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of like the honey do list too. You know, you have you have that. It's like, well, oh, yeah. it all depends on whether I can get through the honey do list. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you've you've been on the job for a year now. So so what what are your your thoughts after the first year? Uh, well, I, I my first thought is I'm glad that this this wasn't my first year and having field day because uh, I was I was hired on June 3rd. It was my first start. That was my start date. So last year's field day was kind of like a trial by fire. I got I got I got thrown in feet first. Uh, just just like oh by the way here's field day. You know of course I had a lot of support from from Bart W nine JJ and and uh, all, all the staff uh, uh, Dan Henderson and, and you know all, all the all the uh, the, the the ghost of field day passed, um, but um, I'm I'm just glad that um glad that this year was not my first year doing this and having the COVID thing hit at the same time. But there was uh, it was definitely was a, a lot of a lot of learning, and I'm really starting to get into the um, really starting to get into the groove of, the, of of everything that goes on. There's so many little little cogs and different gears that all have to turn between you know log checking and contests and the results publication. And there's a, a lot of people involved, and uh, you know, definitely, uh, I think the first year is really making the uh, uh, ma- making the contacts with, with, with those people and, and getting a good rapport with them, and uh, you, know, you know, it makes life a lot easier. Well, very good. Well, okay, I, I've, I've checked the the tweets or, or through those. I've checked the comments or through those. The, the phone isn't ringing. So I'm, I'm going to get the last question in for the night, and this may be the most important one of them all. Are you going to include a Ted's steamed cheeseburger in the field day oh, meal? Oh, oh, geez, the Ted's steamed cheeseburger. Well, I, I, as you know, i got to watch my diet, and the last Ted's I had was when I was with you. Uh, so oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, was, that was July. Yeah, and and, and I wow. I moved and I moved further from Ted's. <laughs> oh no! Oh my and goodness! And for those of you who don't know, a steamed cheeseburger is a is a very Central Connecticut thing. So basically, they literally steam the meat and then they steam this chunk of cheese and they pour it over the top. And it is some people love them. I kind of tend to, but some people are like, eh, I don't know. But it's totally a Central Connecticut thing. So if you if you ever if you're ever coming up to uh, to uh, visit HQ, um, you know, ask ask uh, ask for uh, for Paul and or an SFE, and he'll tell you he'll tell you where to find a good cheese steamed cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I enjoyed uh, my trip to Ted's with you, and uh, it's good that we could uh, get away and do that one evening while I was up uh, Newington Way. So. I think that's going to do it, Paul. So we've got another week for questions. If people want to ask questions in this last week, tell them how to do it. All right. So you can send us an email. And what is that email address? Um, uh, you can either send it to contests, plural, at ARL.org. I, yeah, or or you can send it to uh, FDinfo, info at ARL.org. Um, either of those get or or my call sign uh, my, my call sign will get to me direct the other ones are a, uh, a inbox monitored by more than one person so if i just happen to 
oh, I don't know, be moving or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, but I usually do tend to get back to the emails, even the ones in my inbox. I even though I am between two houses and we're working remotely from home, I usually try to check that mailbox at least at least several times a day. Even even when I'm even when I'm even when I'm off moving. <laughs> Well, very good. We appreciate all of your work on field day and making this work and giving some options here for uh, doing this in the middle of a pandemic. It's it's a first for everybody. So uh, we thank you ahead of time for uh, all those hours you're going to have to put in extra uh, to get all this scoring going, too. And And I thank you for not using the term unprecedented times. Oh, yes. Well, you know, in these unprecedented times, we're all in this together. I, I was, you know, so buy our tried, car. And anything I, tried, anything I tried to write for for any of the, you know, the website or QST, I've been purposely, I just, I understand this is unprecedented, but I just, the term is just like, I got to stop using that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've got a whole whole big spiel on that. You probably don't want to hear it, but I, I but think yeah, I, it, it's. I, I think really, Neil. The, the the real the whole crux of it is really be safe, and you know, really really pay attention to to what what their what your local authorities are telling you to do. I, I think the biggest thing is to be safe. We, we want us all to be healthy. We want us all to we want us all to see Field Day twenty one twenty twenty one. So. Again, I think safety is our first priority. And that is the perfect place to leave it. I I think that's a very good place to end. So thank you, Paul, for being on the show. We appreciate it and enjoy the move. And, uh, and I I look forward to to hearing more and, uh, and seeing the place after the painting's done. All right. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, Neil. It's always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Paul. Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Paul Bork, N1SFE, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening, calling in, typing in. And I invite you back next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Kevin Zari, KK4YEL, and Robert Bankston, KE4AL, will be here to talk about satellite courtesy and running a special event, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, For a list of all of our upcoming guests, go to hamtalklive.com, and if you like the show, please leave us a review. That's all we ask. So for now, this is Neil, WB9VPG, saying 73, 75, and may the good DX be yours. Don't, 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 don't,